You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Yankees reporter Brian Hoke as we wrap up the 2016 New York Yankees season. And, Brian, obviously any Yankees season that falls short of the postseason would be considered not a success by the team or by the fans. That's just the standard that the Yankees have kind of created for themselves over all these years of success. That said, when you take the last couple of months of the 2016 season, I think you can certainly look at it with a really positive attitude as far as the youth movement and the run this team made. So we will certainly get to all of that, but we'll take this in chronological order. So let's start at the beginning of the season. This team made some moves. Obviously, they went to go with the three-headed monster in the bullpen, and that was successful as far as the bullpen goes. But Tances, Miller, and Chapman were very good. The problem was I don't think they got to use them as much as they would have liked. Yeah, I was actually looking at some statistics for that, and I'd forgotten about it because obviously it's been a while since they've all been together. But the Yankees were next two in games where they were able to deploy all three of the uh, no-runs DMC, as we were calling them, Batances, Miller, and then Chapman, and uh, – yeah, I, that was part of what the Yankees were thinking, is that they were going to bring in Chapman, they could get him at a discount, and if it so turned out that the team wasn't in the playoff race or for some reason it just wasn't working, they could flip him, which is exactly what they did, and send him to the Cubs for, for prospects. So this was kind of something that Brian Cashman had talked about, but I think that if the Yankees hadn't started the year 9-17, and 17, they wouldn't have had such a big hole to dig out of, and then you get Chapman back, and... It's probably a whole different story. You know, if, if you're thinking that that team was a few games above 500 in April instead of as far below as they were, uh, maybe it's a completely different story, but that was the way it worked out. They flipped the prospects, and uh, it was a valuable chip that they were able to turn something into. When you look at reasons for why this team got off to a tough start, the, the rotation was not what I think the team hoped it would be. Um, CC Sabathia was maybe good, you know, not bad, and maybe gave you more than you anticipated. But Severino, I think a lot was put on his shoulders as far as being a key to the rotation. That didn't work out. And overall, one through five, it was a disappointing rotation this season. Yeah, well, I think Masahiro Tanaka definitely exceeded what I thought he was going to do. And CeCe did as well. But, uh, you know, that's two out of five. And so they definitely didn't get what they thought they were going to get out of Michael Pineda. Nathan Avaldi was inconsistent. Ivan Nova pitched okay at times, but... Uh, obviously, he did much better work with the Pirates than he did with the Yankees. So I, I think when you look at that rotation as a whole, and obviously Severino is the biggest disappointment of, of them all, you know, uh, the whole offseason, people were talking about, is Severino going to be in a rotation? And Joe Girardi said it wasn't even a question. I mean, he was a lock. And so uh, I believe he finished the year 0-8 with an ERA over 8 as a starter. Uh, that, that's pretty significant. And I think uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion going into the offseason of whether he's better served to try again in the rotation or to stick in the bullpen because he was lights out when he came in in relief. 
And maybe that ends up being a, a question of what else is added to this team in the offseason. But everything seemed to change around the trade deadline, Brian. Obviously, they trade away not just Chapman, but they also trade Miller. They trade Carlos Beltran. They bring in a lot of talent. Right now, the Yankees' uh, system is ranked number one as far as prospects go, according to Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline. Um, but not only that, but at the big league level, they brought some guys up, and suddenly this team caught fire. And, and Gary Sanchez kind of put himself on the map. Let's start with some of these kids, and you got to start with Sanchez because in a couple of months he made himself a Rookie of the Year candidate. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, anytime you got a guy come out of nowhere and hit 20 home runs over the last two months of the season, uh, you're going to be in pretty good shape. So I, I don't think anybody could have anticipated what the Yankees were going to get out of Sanchez. I think they thought at some point this year he was going to be able to help them. He was going to come up maybe six and bats away from Brian McCann. But, uh, yeah, no, he was – Absolutely in the mix for a rookie of the year. I think uh, in a lot of people's eyes, uh, it came down to him and Michael Fulmer of the Tigers. And, uh, that, that's pretty impressive considering the, the amount of attacks he had. And, uh, but he single-handedly kept that team in the race. He carried them in there. And this is a team that a lot of people had given up for dead. You, you figure they're raising the white flag on the season. They're trading away all their veterans. And, and then Sanchez just comes up and straps them on his back for two months. So I think that regardless of how the season turned out and they were able to get to 84 wins. I think that what Sanchez did, he is the catcher of the future. Even Brian, Brian McCann said that. So I, I think it gives you a lot of optimism for what could be coming around the uh, the next few years. Tyler Austin and Aaron Judge had that fantastic debut where they went back-to-back with home runs. That was an amazing moment. Um, they both had their ups and downs from that point on. They weren't quite as spectacular as Gary Sanchez. But you have those guys. You have Sanchez. Greg Bird will be coming back next year. Uh, there's this young nucleus um, that, that room has been made for. So the reason some of that room was made is this team is saying goodbye to Mark Teixeira. And obviously they, he went out with a nice weekend at the end of the season where they were able to kind of thank him for his work, his eight seasons with the Yankees. That was one guy that said goodbye. And then earlier than that, Alex Rodriguez had his final weekend, which was it was neat to see that he got to kind of say goodbye in a somewhat special way. But it was also kind of odd, wasn't it? I mean, is that a fair word to say? It was just kind of weird the way the Alex Rodriguez era as a Yankee came to an end. It was abrupt, I think is the best way to put it. Um, yeah, it was awkward because his at-bats had just disappeared and, Obviously, he didn't get the the farewell that Teixeira was allowed uh, as far as just being able to know it was his final season and play out to the end. I mean, I think his last game was August 12, and so the Yankees had a game the next day, and Alex Rodriguez just suddenly wasn't there. So I think that um, Alex probably understood the reasoning there. I think that uh, you, you saw he didn't try and go play for another team. Uh, he, I, I think that... The parting was as amicable as it could be, and obviously he's going to have some kind of relationship with the team going forward. He's going to be an advisor uh, to Hal Steinbrenner. He was down in Tampa this month working out with some of the uh, the young kids and just not, not working out, but he was in uniform and kind of just showing them the ropes a little bit, and he's going to do more of that in the years to come. So I think Alex loves the game. He, he loves being around the game. I think he would have loved to stick around and try for 700 home runs, but you look at it in 696, that's not a bad career. Despite all the changes and everything and the things that maybe didn't go right, this team still finished with a winning record yet again, keeping that amazing streak alive as far as the New York Yankees go. As you look to the future, there's obviously going to be some more change here. And one name you mentioned, Brian, is... 
Brian McCann. And with Gary Sanchez now arriving on the scene and doing what he did, um, have we seen the last of Brian McCann in pinstripes? I'm not sure. I, I, I really not. I don't think Brian McCann's sure. I think that the Yankees probably aren't sure. I don't think they have to do anything one way or the other there. I, I think that you're going in knowing Sanchez is going to be your everyday catcher and catch four or five times. Well, that still leaves Brian McCann as a pretty darn good backup who can also DH, maybe play a little first base if you needed him to. Uh, I, I think there's definitely value in having McCann at left-handed swing in Yankee Stadium. Uh, I think that they don't necessarily have to move him, but I could also see them doing it because I think he has a lot of value to a team, a rebuilding team like the Braves. Obviously, they've shown interest in him. I, I think that uh, if you wind up in that situation and you can get what you want for him, you do it. But otherwise, they don't necessarily have to. I think that uh, you would feel pretty good about going in the next season if you're catching tandem is Sanchez and McCann once again. You wonder if McCann would be thrilled with that situation, although he can also DH, so there would be at-bats for him. Atlanta does make sense, of course, opening a brand-new stadium, young players, excitement, and McCann obviously has some comfort down there as well. When you look at where this team could look, because last season was fascinating, Brian, in the offseason in that the Yankees didn't sign a free agent. They made some trades, obviously. They they brought in Starlin Castro. They made some moves to to improve the team in their eyes, bringing in Chapman in a trade. But they didn't go in in the offseason and make a big free agent sign. Now guys are starting to come off the books. Um, so where do they look this offseason, and do you expect them to open up the the, uh, the wallets a little bit in the offseason? Well, the one thing the Yankees have always been pretty consistent about doing is when big money comes off the payroll, they, they replace it pretty quickly. So you're getting about $25 million coming off here with Mark Teixeira. Uh They're still going to be paying A-Rod, so you don't, you, you don't count that. But uh, I, I could definitely see a situation where they go after a starting pitcher for a free agent or maybe even an outfielder. I think that if, if you go in the next season with Jacob and Ells, Ellsbury and Brett Gardner as your left, left fielder and right and center fielder, at the top of the lineup, you could do that. But I could also see a situation where maybe you move Gardner in a trade this offseason and you go after somebody who can add some power to the outfield and then you have some coverage if you're going to have Aaron Judge and Aaron Hicks in right field next year. So I, I think there's a lot of different ways that Brian Cashman could go. Uh, he's going to have some additional payroll flexibility, and uh, and that's what the Steinbrenners do. Uh, when money comes off, they, they put it back on. And Brett Gardner ready for another offseason of trade rumors. Too bad for Brett. He had to go through it last season. He ended up staying with the Yankees. We'll see what happens this year. All right, well, it was an eventful season, as always, for the New York Yankees and a season that kind of finished on a high note with all these young kids. So plenty of optimism as we head into the offseason and, of course, look forward to to the 2017 season. For Brian Hoke, I'm Tim McMaster, putting a final bow on this 2017 Yankee season. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.